A recent poll by Gallup shows that 85% of workers worldwide hate their jobs and they especially hate their bosses. With the average person spending 90,000 hours at work over their lifetime, there's no wonder depression and anxiety are at an all-time high. I've managed to successfully run away from corporate America and all of the stressors that came along with it. I now get to work my dream job, or shall I say dream jobs, and live my dream life of being a world traveler. Now, I'm the most unlikely person to have ever pulled this off, and it has been one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. But through it all, it was worth it. One thing I've learned throughout my entrepreneurial journey is that things are not always as they seem, hence the birth of this podcast, Dream Job, Dream Life Podcast. Here, I speak with self-made entrepreneurs about the making of the dream, the risks they take, the sacrifices that they make, the close call stories, the things that you probably won't see on anyone's Instagram live feed. I'm your host, Tally Love. Let's talk about it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of the Dream Dream Life Podcast. I am happy to be here with you all. I hope that you have been dreaming abundantly and fulfilling those dreams and working towards those dreams. Today, I have a guest, uh, Saskia Barnes. Did I say that right? You said it almost right. It's Saskia. (laughs) Saskia Barnes. I have to. That's perfect. That's perfect. There we go. Perfect. Perfect. And you are calling out of Virgin Islands, are you? I presently live in the Virgin Islands. I'm actually traveling right now. Um, So I'm en route um, to somewhere. Um, But I live um, and work in the beautiful Virgin Islands. Cool. I've never been there. You should come visit me. Yeah, I I will put that on my my list. (laughs) Don't tempt me. (laughs) That's perfectly fine. Yeah, so Saskia is uh, the owner of BarnesPR.com. Um, been doing it now for nine years. That's really cool. So tell us a little bit about that, Saskia, like how, what you do every day and how you serve the world. Well, at Barnes PR, um, Barnes PR, firstly, it's a communications agency, um, and we use creative tools to help our clients. Um, we like to say help our clients um, get their messages to the people that matter most. And we serve a wide variety of individuals in the public and private sector, hospitality and um, tourism uh, leaders, as well as real estate uh, developers and transportation uh, practitioners as well. Oh, wow. So you cover quite a bit. Yeah. um, And I'm primarily in the Virgin Islands market right now. And it's a fairly small market. So you have to be able to really be flexible um, and try to try to serve uh, different individuals. Got it. Got it. And you've been going for nine years. Has it always had the same branding, same name? Have you gone through some involvement or changes over those nine years? I have gone through quite an evolution, I would say, over um, those nine years. Um, I used to be a public information officer um, and I say the story all the time. I was a public information officer. I was working at uh, the public water utility. Uh, company Mm. and I had like for me it was like a real come to Jesus moment uh, one day and of course it was sponsored by the Oprah show and (laughs) 
<laughs> all of our favorite um, fairy godmother Oprah she was on and she was just really talking about living your best life and I remember uh, I just kind of really had a moment where she had her guests and she was talking to her guests and they were having a great conversation but I really felt as though she was literally um, speaking to me and then she asked the question are you living your best life and before I could even think about it I actually just blurted out no. And it was one of those things where you blurt out no. And then you look around in your own apartment to see if anyone heard you. <laughs> um, and I, it, it was a moment that I needed to have. And it was a bit of an acknowledgement that no, I really wasn't happy um, doing what I was doing. I didn't think that it was that challenging. And I knew that I wanted to be a little bit more challenged. I wanted to be more occupied. And so I just decided, you know what, I'm going to uh, take a leap of faith. And I am going to go after whatever it is that I thought um, that I wanted to do. And at that time, what did that first start out looking like for you? Well, you see, I'm kind of um, much to, I think, my mother's chagrin. I'm a bit of a, a starving artist um, person, I believe. I, I need to be doing what I need to be doing. Mm -hmm. um, so it was a bit it was a bit hard for me and I don't necessarily recommend this for everyone because everyone I believe really is different and other people have different circumstances. At the time I was unmarried, no children. Um, so I, I had quite a bit of flexibility to do something like that. So I just, you know, in that moment, I internalized what um, that meant in terms of going out on your own. And I just turned in my resignation letter and kind of waited for the time to come. Uh, I wasn't quite sure what it was specifically that I would be doing, but I knew that I wanted to search. Um, and so the search began. And that was in 2008. Um, by September of 2009, I was on contract, so I decided to finish a one year of the contract. And by September of 2000, um, I'm sorry, March of 2009, I became a business owner. And I started Echo Consulting. I came up with this little catchy thing that I thought um, <laughs> was so clever. And the more and more I got into it, I realized that the name Echo Consulting really didn't resonate with me. Um, I said Echo Consulting because, you know, you're supposed to be a big consultant. You're supposed to be serious. And I just, it was just very opposite of my natural personality. Mm -hmm. um, in that I wasn't really interested necessarily in the suits. Um, my friends would say that my style is a bit mixy matchy. Mm -hmm. um, so it just, I mean, it's, it's those simple things, but like the external um, branding really didn't fit the internal um, brand that was me. Uh -huh. And so I just kind of took another leap of faith, um, I think less than a year later. And I said, you know what, um, it's just going to be Barnes PR. And I, I was, you know, I was just going to let my name um, stand out there. And I was really just glad that I made that decision because it, it just, everything else just came quite naturally after that. So let me make sure I understand this clearly. You resigned, but you still worked a year after because you needed to finish a contract. So you said, I'm giving myself this year to finish the contract and then I'm going to, and, and during that time you searched for what it was that you wanted to do. Yeah, so okay. I turned in my resignation letter in January of 2009, mm -hmm. um, and I finished in September of 2009. So in between that time, I was searching, I was doing some research, I was, you know, trying to figure things out, um, essentially. 
Okay, I love to hear that because even though you talked about the flexibility and having, you know, no husband, no kids and being able to take a leap, you still did give yourself um, some cushion, some room to think, you know, even though it was it was it still took a lot of guts to do what you did. I'm not minimizing that, but I wanted to just emphasize that because I know that, like you said, different people have different paths. And someone was saying today that different people have different needs. Some people can just jump out with nothing right and some people need this sense of some security and we just all are different and so for that person that may need that level of security that you gave yourself I just thought it was important that we we talked about that um, yeah I think that, that that that's very um important um that you know you have to know yourself mm-hmm. um it's very important for you to know yourself yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's just different people have different needs. I like I think Tony Robbins was saying, you know, he teaches people to save up six months of income for an emergency. And he was like, well, some people all they need is three months, and some people they want a year. It just depends on who you are. So I want to emphasize that. I also heard you say that you know you named it Echo, and then you talked about taking another leap of faith. And I want to emphasize on that because there's a certain courage that you need to have and certain fear and insecurity that comes around making that change in your business right because can you talk about that a little bit sure thing um first of all no one necessarily knew the name barnes or even cared about the name barnes um so who are you to name a whole company after after yourself um i think that kind of was like ringing around in my head um a bit um, what credibility do you have? Um, but I think for me at the time, I was just kind of committed to building the brand as well as growing um, with, my, with my brand. So for me, it wasn't, I wasn't necessarily using the name as just um, a shell, but it was a bit of a live experiment, um, essentially, and a bit of a challenge to myself as well uh, to actually live up to the agency standard that I wanted to build. It's, it's interesting you said that I just did a, another interview and we talked a lot about the imposter syndrome. And I think I heard mm-hmm. a little of that, like, who do I think I am to put my name on it? And it's like, you, you have to go for it. You, to- you really do. Yeah. You really, really do. Yeah. So tell me, like, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the business, but I just want to jump into the part of like, what about your job and your life is a dream? Just let's really like gloat about that for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, it's really the freedom. Um, there's a certain level of freedom in entrepreneurship um, that I, you know, I think people have great opportunities and not everyone is cut out to be an entrepreneur or business owner. I think people do have great opportunities and people can have great experiences um, working in different organizations. So I don't at all want to um, minimize that. But I think for me, I'm just a type of individual Again, it's really important that you know yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm just the same type of individual. I just want to get up and go. Um, in my group of friends and my circle, um, we have a group chat, and everyone always asks, Saskia, are you on island? Um, because I want to be able to get up and go. Um, I want to have a job that allows me to get up and go. Uh, presently, I'm in transit, actually, um, headed to Asia. Um, it's a bit of work mm-hmm. um, that I'm going to do, but I want those opportunities. I want the freedom to, if there's a project that I want to do, um, I can go ahead and do that project. Um, I don't have to wait for um, someone that's necessarily ahead of me in a department or anything like that. So for me, I think the freedom 
is extremely important. As well as for me, uh, my immediate family, I went to school in um, Virginia, Norfolk, Virginia, shout out to Norfolk State University. (laughs) Um, And while I was in college, all of them moved to the United States. And I just kind of made a decision that I really wanted to commit my um, energy and my skills to really helping to develop the Caribbean. And so I just returned home to the Caribbean. And freedom for me meant having the opportunity to get up and go see my family. Um, If my little brother had a graduation or an event that he had, if my sister was doing something or if my parents needed anything. So I just kind of really wanted to create the space that I can just easily jump around and kind of do what it is is that I thought that I needed to do for me and to kind of live my whole life and my whole self. Um, So for me, you know, the freedom in entrepreneurship, I think that that's kind of what makes it a dream. That's what makes it easy for me to um, stay up all night working on some projects and so on, because I know, you know, it's not going to last um, always. And I do have the freedom again to choose if I'm going to work on projects or if I'm not going to work on projects. I love that. And I love how you said, I want to live my whole life and my whole self. That resonated with me <laughs> because I felt like corporate America, I, I, I kept saying a little piece of me dies every day when I walk into that office. A little piece of me died when I like had to slick my fro back or, um, you know, wear what they wanted me to wear or work on what they wanted me to work on like you said and I also like when you said you know staying up all night working on something sometimes that's what you want to do you don't necessarily want to fit it into a box between nine and five right sometimes you want to sleep in or (laughs) do the work all night (laughs) or you just want to work when you work best um for me I wanted to have an experience where you know I work best early in the morning. Um, So if I want to get up at work at five o'clock, I want to get up and work at five o'clock and work until perhaps uh, 11 or one o'clock in the afternoon. And that counts. Um, And I just think structured environment and, you know, different things for different individuals. Again, um, I I, I just, for me, I couldn't do that type of structure. Uh, Yes. Yes. I, I really love that. So, you know, as you gleam about the freedom and you have the flexibility to do that and you realize that everybody doesn't and there are some people that really want to get there. Tell me, do you ever think about the fact that you could have given it up or you could have gone back to work or you could have not reached this point? Um, <laughs> um, honestly, um, I haven't had that much thought about it. Um, I don't have a plan B, C, or D. Um, this is it. And I am going to make it work. That's just a commitment that I think that I have um, to myself, the work that I want to do and the impact that I really want to have in the world. There's no, yeah, there's no looking back. And nothing ever challenged you or made you, just made it very difficult for you to get to, to the point you're at? I've had many, many, um, many, many challenges. I think, um, again, for me, I just thought that this is what I really, really needed uh, to do. Um, But some of my challenges um, came simply from, you know, just being a business owner. Um, You say you want to own a business, but what does that really mean? Um, How can you really handle the accounting, um, the finance, trying to build a team, all of the different little factors that actually go into building uh, a sustainable business. That was a big challenge for me. Um, 
to kind of just really learning all of that. I learned a lot about myself in the process as well. Um, I learned that, you know, things like the financial aspects of things. I've spent many of years, many of years trying to learn QuickBooks and other um, accounting software. Perhaps I just need to pass that on over to someone who actually, you know, that's a thing that they love to do, which frees me up to do the things that I love to do. Um, so I think I saw um, very clearly we're really trying to do those things, um, hampered some of the development that I um, could have had. And, you know, you learn with experience. Um, and so, you know, those are the things that I'm willing to give up um, to allow me to really dedicate time to, to greater things. Yeah, so what I'm hearing you saying is that there came a point where you realized that outsourcing was important. <laughs> yeah, there comes a time where you really need to, I think in my line in particular, I'm not selling necessarily a hard product. I'm selling my time. Um, so if I'm spending um, five, six hours trying to mull over like annual finances or something like that, and I still you know, can't get it right, you know, are those six hours um, really valuable to the company? Uh, they're not. Uh, so you have to kind of look at the bigger picture and you really have to, you know, just try to assign and delegate uh, accordingly. And I completely get, I think when you're starting out, particularly if you're bootstrapping it, um, you're not going to have, um, you're not going to be able to necessarily do that immediately. But I think it's important to, if there are particular things that you are not skilled at doing, and the company, you'll be able to serve the company better using more of your time actually concentrating on other things. I think it's best perhaps that you just, you find a friend, you find a trusted colleague or something like that, and you, um, you work something out. And what I learned to do, um, and finding that help does not mean trying to hire um, a large amount of individuals or anything like that. But you reach out to your network. There are a lot of individuals who want the same level of freedom and are working on the same level of freedom that you might be working on. And so you can subcontract, you can form a consortium um, and kind of service each other. And that's essentially what I did fairly, um, fairly early. And it was fairly successful, particularly as it came to um, the creative, creative um, parts of um, the agency. I love, this is why I love this podcast. I kid you not, about a week ago, I did an interview with a, a magazine in the UK and um, they asked me, or was it a podcast? I was just talking to somebody. I've been doing a lot of media myself lately. <laughs> but they asked me, you know, what would you learn as a leader? And I said, outsource as soon as possible or, or definitely figure out when the time is right. I think for me, I cause myself a lot of frustration because I'm such a do-it-yourself mm -hmm. kind of person and a resourceful person. And then I found myself drowning. And so to hear you say this, it's like, oh my gosh, I love it. I love that. Um, again, this is what this is about being like, girl, I feel you. I get it. Like, <laughs> And it's like, it's scary because you've been telling yourself for so long, I'm bootstrapping, I'm doing it the cheaper way, I'm doing it. But there comes this point where you're like, you have to make that investment in outsourcing and creating a system that gives you a sustainable business structure. Yeah. Yeah. Because how sustainable is it for you to keep doing it? To do it everything. Yeah. It yeah. just doesn't work. And so I think that this can be a wake up call for somebody that might be stressing themselves out because I don't even know what happened to me. Like something just happened where I just realized like 
I cannot keep doing, like I've got to get some help because it, it was like a blessing and a curse, right? You're growing, but you're killing yourself. It's like something's got to give. <laughs> and you know, you can really experience a lot of um, a, a lot of burnout. And I think for me, one of the things in retrospect, when I uh, looked at a particular point in the development of uh, my business, I wasn't able to kind of feed um, the more creative side of me, the thing that I, you know, thought that I was great at. Um, because you come in with a certain amount of knowledge, things change, um, you know, platforms evolve and what's not, and you have to keep up with that. And if this is supposed to be the thing that I'm known for, but if you can't keep up with it because you're busy trying to be uh, a nighttime accountant, uh, you're busy trying to be an admin expert or so on, it, it's, it's really not sustainable. And you have to, for me, I've always wanted to be at the top of my game. I've always wanted to challenge myself. Um, and, you know, I always wanted to work hard. Um, but I always wanted to ensure that I was actually gaining the knowledge that I needed to have to make sure push come to shove. I'm going to be all right because, you know, my brain is ticking and, you know, things are working. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. So if a person is listening and they, you know, is there a proper timing? Is there something that happens that should be their sign to do that outsourcing or to reach out to their network or to create? Well, I think definitely if you're losing clients because you're unable to do what you committed yourself to doing, I think that should definitely be a wake up call um, that you, you know, you need to get a grip on things. Um, but as well, there's a certain level of overwhelm that is normal for entrepreneurs, but then if it becomes really um, burdensome, and you no longer, you know, can see a way out. Um, perhaps you need to, you know, I would suggest just kind of prioritizing things, going back to your why, um, seeing how you're able to serve. And if you're not able to serve, uh, you can, I think it's important every so often to have those CEO days. You go back to your why, you look at the people that you intend to serve and you really ask yourself, are you really serving these individuals? And mm -hmm. If you can honestly answer those questions, I think coming out of those questions, you'll definitely um, see how you can, how you need to uh, perhaps reprioritize. Uh, it's the CEO days is something that I learned uh, a couple of years ago, because I think you can get very, very busy. Um, and especially if you're just starting up, you can, it can be slow and then it takes off. Mm -hmm. And then you're, you know, you're chasing. Um, but I think it's very important to have time where you're actually working on really developing your business and not just working on the outputs of your business. So you're at year two. You want to be able to have four or five um, persons in your portfolio in year seven. Do so you want to have 10 and 12 individuals in your portfolio? How do you get there? So it's really important to me to kind of have those moments where you stop and think about it. Um, and if something isn't working, then it's when you have to really sit down and come up with a new game plan and come up with a new strategy. And it's difficult, I think, particularly for women um, to embrace the fact that we're not going to always get it right. And it's OK. Um, mm. It is literally OK. Um, if no one died because of a decision you made, it's really OK. So, you know, we might be on a particular path and then we might switch over. 
Um, a good example, I think, for me was uh, last year in 2017, I just kind of had a really critical point in my business where we were extremely busy. Um, but I started questioning the work that we were doing. Um, we were pushing out fairly good work. But I, again, I was kind of having one of those CEO moments where you go back to your why. Mm -hmm. um, you look at see if you're really being... Um, as impactful as you want it to be. And mind you, I, I started a company with the idea of wanting to make a significant contribution to life in the Caribbean, life in the Virgin Islands. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had to go back and, you know, question how we were doing things. Um, were we just the hot kid on the block um, that everybody wanted a piece of, but it wasn't the work that we were really doing, really wanted to do. Was it the work that I got up excited every day um, to do? And at some point in time, I had to be honest with myself again. And it wasn't. And I wanted to change and I wanted to move uh, in a different direction. Uh, we were the biggest we had ever been, just in terms of internal staff and virtual staff as well. And, you know, I made a very tough decision a very, very tough decision to actually downsize um, both mm -hmm. clients and staff oh. in order for us to kind of really redirect and to, mm -hmm. really, um, to really be true um, to the purpose of starting, of why I started a company. Oh, I love that because it got to the point, it sounds like you're saying you wanted quality over quantity. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what's going to to last. So um, tell me just a little bit about your business, because I, I think I completely understand it, but I want to make sure other people understand. Like, what does an ideal client come to you for? What does that look like? What does that process look like? Um, in the Virgin Islands, I think we're largely um, known for um, politics. Um, we manage two successful uh political campaigns, mm -hmm. um, very proud of the campaigns that we actually did. And um, we've done things in um, tourism and hospitality, transportation and property development um, as well. Um, the politics really took over much of the work that we were doing. Um, a gentleman you know, was interested in running for office, um, a bit of an unknown and um, unknown for politics. And, you know, he came and he said that, you know, these are his intentions. How can you help? Mm -hmm. um, I was very young <laughs> at the time. And I was just like, are you really trusting me with all of this? Mm -hmm. um, and he did. And so what I had to do was essentially I look at what the client, um, what the client's end um, is and just kind of walk it back and to kind of create the steps using communication of, you know, how we can get the client to where uh, they would like to go to. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Good, good stuff. Good stuff. It's so, fairly exciting. Yeah. Are you planning to, to just stay local to the Virgin Islands? Do you have plans of any growth or change there? Or? We've done some regional work with some regional agencies. Um, but for me, I'm just really, really dedicated to um, just ensuring that in the region, in the Virgin Islands in particular, and uh, that we have a particular quality of life and just trying to really support clients who are trying to make um, distinctive impacts in their community. Um, so for me, I think that uh, there's lots to be done. The industry or my field is still fairly new 
in the Virgin mm-hmm. Islands. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are lots of opportunities to get into different things. So I'm excited about that. Um, but I would definitely say that I am primarily dedicated to the Virgin Islands and to the Caribbean. I love that. And I am so happy to have met you so that when I do come to the Virgin Islands, I'll have just a different purpose and a different outlook on things because I will commission you to show me all about it and tell me all about it. We definitely love to have um, visitors um, come and, and visit us. Um, as you might know, we had Hurricane Irma and Maria uh, last year, and that was, it was pretty devastating. Um So we're definitely, we've cleaned ourselves up. Um, We did not waste any time um, just in terms of trying to to get things going. Um, People in the Virgin Islands are extremely, extremely um, resilient. Irma was what everyone calls a superstorm, and Mm. um, we are we are moving along. And so we definitely welcome. Um, We are very much open for business and we definitely welcome tourists um, to come to our shores and experience what we call nature's little secrets. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's that's awesome. The traveler in me is like, yes, I want to come. That's good stuff. So, Saskia, can you tell people that are in the Virgin Islands that may want to work with you, um, how they would contact you, how they would find you online? Sure thing. Um, The Virgin Islands is certainly small. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm at BarnesPR.com, and I think most persons know us around. Um, on the next leg of my journey, I, um, after turning um, nine years and what's not, um, what I do plan to do is just a bit of an extension of Barnes PR, and this is where... Um, this is where um, supporting entrepreneurs and supporting female entrepreneurs in particular, I personally wanted uh, to work on. Um, so I am, um, persons can find me at saskiabarnes.com. That's S-A-C-H-K-I-A-B-A-R-N-E-S.com. Um, in June, we launched a, a suite of services, I'm really trying to encourage um, more female entrepreneurs um, to step out um, and to really bring their gifts to market. I believe women um, just have particular gifts that I think are very important to, to leadership and to development. And so on that site, I provide just um, friendly information, advice, um, and what's not for women who are considering entrepreneurship. Um, some might, you know, be on the brink of, um, you know, starting up something new. Some might be in it already and just want some additional information and additional support. And we also have a community. Um, it's called The Boss Bar on Facebook, um, where we do have a community um, of women. Um, and we're just essentially going to be um, continuing to support um, for each other. Um, if you have a question, if you have a concern or what's not, we just really wanted to, um, I really wanted to have a space to make sure that, you know, the questions that I had, um, either I can, having learned a couple of things, be able to provide that space, as well as a space for good conversation, um, networking as well, and just overall support. Because, uh, you know, I might be going through something that you've gone through already, um, and you can perhaps shed some light um, to help me personally or to help my business. So I definitely wanted to provide that space and kind of extend um, what I'm doing at Barnes PR much more on a personal level. And again, speaking directly to female entrepreneurs or aspiring um, entrepreneurs. I love that. I love that. So that's saskiabarnes.com, S-A-C-H-K-I-A-B-A-R-N-E. 
S.com to uh, reach her there, learn about her group, community, uh, her mentorship that she's offering. That is wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Saskia, for dropping by. We are better because of having heard your story, and I wish you so much success. And I do plan to keep in touch. So this is you not come visit me. Yes, I'm telling you, you you do understand you're talking to a traveler. I am not kidding. <laughs> We're gonna hold you to that. Yes, so this is not goodbye, but this is I will talk to you later. I will see you soon. Okay, bye-bye. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Dream Job, Dream Life podcast with me, Tally Love, creator of Pretty Brown Nomad, a travel and lifestyle blog. If you would like to share a story about your own personal journey towards living the life of your dreams, be sure to head over to prettybrownnomad.com and reach out to me there. Thank you for listening. And remember, there's very little time for sleep when you are truly in pursuit of a dream.